trope is a trope for a reason. It works. My name is Matthew Kroll. And how about the bikini area? My name is Shahir Dowd. Ah, uh, thanks, Baba. I showered. <laughs> I'm Princess Week. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Polite Society. And to to get as polite about society as we possibly can, we have invited the illustrious Princess Weeks back. Hello. Oh, hello. Thank you, Pip Pip. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Tea and How strumpets, crumpets, yeah. crumpets, not strumpets. I get those mixed up. I I wonder why. I don't understand. <laughs> uh, everybody, we're doing this in the morning. We are. This is Princess. <laughs> so you are early. you are a goddamn trooper for coming out this this early. Thank you so much. This was the time that worked. We all saw the film, and we are here. Sheer, how you doing, buddy? Good. I feel like you're you're explaining what a podcast is. So what we're going like, to do yeah. on this show is we're going to talk into microphone. Yeah. Okay. What a microphone is? It's a condenser. Uh, don't do oh, this. No? Don't do it. Okay. Princess, I was curious. Um, I wasn't here the last time you were on. You guys did Wakanda Forever when I wasn't here, and and you both liked it from memory. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, yes. yeah. I, I finally watched it and liked it as well. Uh, I thought it was great. I'm curious what you've been watching. What's uh, what's been in? Oh, what has been the highlights of your world recently? What haven't I been watching? <laughs> yeah. So I basically got the Alamo season pass. Ooh. So I have been seeing everything. Yeah. So I saw Shazam two. How? Well, okay. Give us your couple of line oh, reviews okay. on all of these. Shazam oh, two. Sure. So Shazam two. Um, not as terrible as I was led to believe. Yeah. I think just not really thought out story-wise. Too much Zachary Levi, not enough of the cute kids. Yeah, that's no what, rock. That's what the people <laughs> and, and no rock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and without Black Adam, how yeah. can it be a movie? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I saw Indecent Proposal. Um, the I remake? Would, oh, no, the original? The, the original. It was Woody Harrelson, Robert Redford, Redford yeah. Demi Moore. Demi Moore. I, I, I always use that as a joke. In the pinnacle of her hotness. Yeah. Um, would always choose Robert Redford, even though, yes, he is stalking her, but it's Robert Redford. So I remember I, the, the final, like, because you've just watched this, the final scene of Woody Harrelson and Demi Moore on a park bench and then yeah. kind of embracing. It's, it's, they're not even embracing, just kind of like t- gently touching each other's they've hands. Like, they've been through a thing and yeah. it's now like, we're, 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 we're good. Woody was like, I'm so sorry yeah. that I got mad at you for having sex for a million dollars. Who was the director of that? I feel like... Um, um, it was the it was Adrian Lee, Lott, Adrian Lott, Lott. Yeah. Did you watch Deep Water? The no. Ben Affleck, Ina Damas, Adrian Lynn film that <laughs> came out. Absolutely not. Oh, you, you. I I'm, do. I kid you not. You have to watch this movie. <sighs> have you seen it no, uh, on no. Hulu? It is basically like uh, Adrian Lynn, you know, the master. He, yeah. he did Fatal Attraction. He did Lolita. He did. Indecent um, Proposal. The, uh, uh, Unfaithful, I think the one as well. I believe uh, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, this was like uh, a Hulu film was like their idea of doing an erotic thriller in the 2020s. And mm-hmm. it is, it's like The Room, but with a budget. Huh. Oh, like, it, like It's like The Room, but with Ben Affleck, Anna de Armas, and a budget. And it is bananas. You gotta watch this movie. Better or worse than Ghosted? <laughs> I so I, I have a thing. Did you watch Ghosted? No. <laughs> so Ghosted is making the rounds right now. We actually got asked to do Ghosted as who, well. Who asked us to uh, do it? People on the internet who, asked us. Who you stop it. And I, I, it right I, I actually made the point to them. I was like, Deception. hey, we, we don't like to dunk on movies wherever possible. Yeah. Uh, but then Dixter Fletcher, the director uh, Fletcher, the director of Ghosted, also the director or the ghosted director of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. um, has been on podcast this week and made some interesting revelations about the process of making Ghosted. Really? Uh, like, the the big one, I think, that got sent to me, like, five times over was that he had a opening shot that he wanted to do, was, which was 30 seconds long. And Apple TV were like, you need to have something happen in the first five seconds or people are going to turn off this movie. 
And 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 like you know, like that's the algorithm at play in terms of how a movie like Ghosted comes out. That's so weird from the studio that gave you Coda. Like yeah, I would yeah. I would think that they would understand the quiet moment is effective. Well, yeah. and also I wonder. I mean, Princess, you and I are in in YouTube Town. Like it, we, I, yeah, it like, feels like a YouTube. It feels yeah. like a very YouTube note. Like when I sit down to watch a film on a streaming service, I don't. And but, I, but again, the, but the thing not, is, is maybe what they're saying is that. Uh, you know, for Apple TV, for maybe people who, you know, like slightly older than YouTube, it's the same process, right? Like, yeah. you're flicking through movies. It's like, Chris Evans and Anna Dharma's, I'm going to, like, do this thing. And then in the first five seconds, if, if, if it, the first shot takes 30 seconds, you're out. I mean, I mean, it's not Tarantino where I would be alarmed if it took too long in the first 30 seconds because that can sometimes be a, sure. a deal breaker. But I don't, that's such a weird note to have. I and like atmosphere. I'm, I'm watching movies now with that note in my head. Like I, I was rewatching because of, uh, of a strange conversations we had with Patrick Williams. I'm rewatching uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Oh, and I, God. I'm watching it with that note in mind. I was like, is there something happening in the first 30 seconds? Because the first 30 seconds of that movie is just like a slow track of a like, long grass. And I was like, would this get turned off on Apple TV? Anyway, sorry. I no, but I, to add to that, I just did a video about uh, Anakin Skywalker. So yeah. I rewatched the prequels mm. and I'm just like, all Star Wars with them, like, boom, exposition for like literally yeah, like 45 three, seconds. Yeah. So it's like, that's getting turned off on Apple TV. Yeah. Then. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, read it. Yeah, yeah. We're out. We're out. <laughs> I didn't come here for this. Yeah. Like, taxes? No. <laughs> so no. You, we've got quite an eclectic mix here. We got in Shazam 2, Indecent Proposal. Yeah. What else we got? Super Mario. I saw it for my birthday. Had an amazing. Amazing time, yep. uh, Wahoo! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I like, I wanted to see Jack Black is Bowser, and yeah. I left extremely satisfied by that. I saw yeah. Scarface for the first time. Oh, first in time? theaters. How is that problematic, uh, De Palma? Oh my God, De Palma is my problematic <laughs> king. Yeah. Um, <laughs> has been since I saw Sisters at a, again a, too yeah. young of an age. Michelle Pfeiffer in that dress is, oh. is worth and it's, a million and it's bucks. Sister. And there's like there's this whole thing about the Al Pacino. Sister, is, sister. Is, he's just like. I'm like, do you want to fuck your sister? Is that what's happening the right now? <laughs> the funniest part is just seeing the actual Latino actors. Yeah, yeah, and Al In the same, like, when you see, like, their mother, I'm like, so that's a Puerto Rican woman. Yeah, and Al Pacino. And you two are not. <laughs> Al Pacino is just like, I can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it to me. I can do it. Whatever you want, I can be it. He can do it. Um, speaking of Al Pacino, I saw Cruising. Which, oh, great. Oh, wow. uh, great Willem Friedkin film. Yeah, yeah. it was so interesting. Um to see like a pre-AIDS film yeah, talking yeah. about like gay New York culture. Yeah. It was almost wholesome in that regard to be able to see people just like gay men just enjoying having sex and the, that the kind bandana intimacy. thing. You know it was like so funny. I was like perfect. I, I just I so uh, it was uh, another friend of ours, Mark Pagan, reached out to us mm -hmm. and was talking to me about cruising recently. Oh, he, they, they they too didn't ask for ghosted. <laughs> no, they didn't ask for ghosted. <laughs> and I was and and I was like I I I remember watching the movie on a VHS late at night in New Zealand, and my only memory of it is the sound of leather being so so prominent. Like it's it was just so like <laughs> they walk and you just hear the the, the steps. And yeah. then the uh, the the bandanas, which identify what you're into. Yeah, and I remember, was it like yellow? bandanas with like golden showers yeah that was the absolutely thing, right? and, it, so. and he wears one and he's like i like to watch and they're like then don't put it in that pocket yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. it's, it's there's it, so it, many rules and i was like it's, and al pacino was just doing he's like it's like you're so horny and, <laughs> yeah. and you're so confused 
Uh, and then the last ones I'll say, I saw Drag Me to Hell again yeah. um, because that's the movie I had my first kiss at. I, I, I only make out. Which part? <laughs> I wish I could remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the most romantic part. part. I, I remember a lot of vomit in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely not during one of those parts. I think yeah. it was during when the cat was killed. Okay. Trigger warning. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Joey, no. Uh, I saw Bo's Afraid, which yeah. I'm still processing. Yeah. Um, Renfield, which was bloody and funny. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, which was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And then um, now Polite Society, which we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. So, you have been going to the movies I, a lot. I, I am supporting theater. Yeah, the, yeah. The, my, the only downside of, of seeing movies that are not at the Alamo is that I miss my AMC Nicole Kidman. Right. I was I was so sad because when I went to go see Renfield, I was like, we were at AMC and all the commercials were done. I was like, is she gone? And then she appeared. <laughs> no, she back. And yeah. I was just like... <laughs> I yeah. think I figured out what makes that spot so strange. Well, so I la- last yeah. night literally, and it's so it's so funny we're bringing this up. Yeah, still applause, still applause. Yeah, I still applause. Uh, yeah, yeah. I still applaud, but normally I'm the only one. Now, last night at the at my screening of Polite Society, applause. Yeah. You have to. Everyone. I keep seeing everyone applauds for Barbie, the Barbie trailer. Yeah. The, yep. the community wants it. Yeah. And Nicole Kidman. And yep. I remember the first time I ever saw it was when I got to go to the premiere of House of Gucci. Right. Yeah. And and it was that like, makes total. Well, and, and it premiered then, and we all clapped, and I was like, we're in the right audience. Yeah. <laughs> but but the, the thing for me is every time I watch it is the outfit. The outfit mm. is the thing that makes it, it. That is the first red flag when you're watching it. <laughs> is when she walks into a movie theater with heels and that outfit, and you go. This person has never been to a movie. Here. So I wanted to be Nicole Kidman from that ad for Halloween. <laughs> right. And I was looking for the suit. Yeah. And there's two options. Right. You can either get the cheapest Amazon nonsense, $30, where it's just like painted like nonsense things, yeah. or like $7,000. And I was like, this is not a costume I, I can commit to. this is to. a perfect costume for Jamie, right? Like, this yeah. is a perfect Jamie costume. Oh, sure. But you could I, be the movie screen, and she is the... <laughs> you could be the rich She would AMC not be scene. as enamored with me <laughs> as Nicole Kidman is with pretending to watch La La Land. Yeah. Uh, I, that would, the, honestly, the, the red flag of all the movies that they show on there. Oh, I'm Jurassic like, Park, Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Jurassic you've never World. been to a place like this. I, 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 was like, I, I was like, Nicole, Nicole, at least show your movies. Yeah. Like, I, I tweeted actually last night right after it came on before the movie started I was like I would rather watch Nicole Kidman pretend to like La La Land a thousand more times rather than see the Rise of the Beast trailer ever again <laughs> like every Aww. time that I, I can't I really? can't oh I think I've only I, I've seen bits and pieces of the Rise every of the Beast trailer I've only to seen see, it once every, yeah. t- every movie and I, it was in front of Bo is Afraid and yeah, I was like why Checks out. <laughs> why is Transformers because that's the movie Bo is Afraid of yeah I'm, I I think like last night I was, I was like viscerally angry and only Nicole Kidman could save me after watching that. <laughs> it's like uh, it just it's th- that movie feels like it's like that is the first AI written film. It's just like there is a problem with the past and the future. Prime, you're not ready. Let them come. Like okay, okay thank you. I, I started watching because I have a Paramount Plus account. Sure. I started watching Bumblebee. Uh, me thinking, too. How is Bumblebee? I love Bumblebee. The I, movie? Yeah. I love That Bumblebee. looked good. It, well that's the thing. I heard it was good and I heard it was like a uh, a transformation of what the Transformers franchise has become, like a little bit more of a back to closer to the original cartoons or something like that. I I'm a, I'm I guess I'm halfway through it because I'm doing a thing which is that I watch movies halfway through and, until I fall asleep. Mm. Okay, uh, I mean, it's okay, it's okay. I like yeah. I I like it's a girl and her robot. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I like it. It like it feels very much like Iron Giant-y yeah, compared to yeah. the other okay. ones. I feel like watching it in in like a like. 
I saw it in theaters. Yeah. So I and I was also in a very emotional place, and it really soothed me. Yeah. And I find that when I like that's what I want a movie to do yeah. is to like bring me into it, and so I felt very. It was very fun. John Cena especially is very funny in that in that I film. I forgot right. he was in. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's the military man there. Yeah. He's like their name is Decepticons, and I'm just <laughs> like I'm glad someone's thinking. <laughs> I I'm I'm also like really interested in the director Travis Knight, who is the son of Phil Knight for uh, like the Knight the, the the founder of Nike. Oh, mm. <laughs> he directed that. Yeah, he directed it. He also directed <gasps> Kubo and the Two Strings. Uh, really? And Box Troll and Missing... Oh, no, he was a producer on uh, Missing Link. But I, I'm just, like, interested by this guy. He's, like, the the son, you know, mm. the son of one of the most prolific, important, you know, cultural companies of our time is uh, is now a feature film director. Kubo wow. is dope. Kubo and Two Strings is amazing. Kubo is an amazing film. Yeah. And I think the writer for Bumblebee was the screenwriter for Birds of Prey, which is one of oh, my favorite yeah. movies. Yeah, so Birds of Prey is wonderful. Yeah. Um, before we get into uh, Polite Society, Shahir, last week, so it was both my birthday and oh. Shahir's birthday last week. Birthday twin. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, my gifts yeah. came in for you. We're always butting heads. Yeah. <laughs> That's our thing. My gifts came in for you, and I just want you to open them real oh, quick. Oh, shit. I think I understood the same assignment that you did. Right, which will buy one movie that you're going to hate and one movie that you're going to love. Well, I, so I, I think yes, but yeah. I think you'll enjoy hating what I got you. I cannot wait to see Prince, what these are. Do you want to narrate this? Because this is an audio <laughs> right, medium right. and I'm, you know. The, ra- the wrapping paper is quite elegant for this polite society. It he's is a polite society. He's, on, he's, he's looking a- at I- it. Am I a, am I a tarot or am I like uh, oh, yeah. just very save gently this paper for later? Yeah, very you gentle. Opened, you opened this, the one I think you'll enjoy hating first. The one I'll enjoy Ooh. hating is okay. I can only see it from the back, and it came is, in this packaging. It's not this, shrink wrapped. Is this Ghost Rider? No, no, it's not. It is Streets of Fire. Have you Ooh, seen, I have Streets not of fire. seen Streets of Fire? I know you've been talking about Streets of Fire so, recently. Oh, wow. This is from the guy who made the Warriors after he made the Warriors and got a big old blank check to make anything he wanted. Oh uh, no! I went to the uh, Museum of the Moving. And Patrick Williams showed me this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. the beginning of this film, there's a concert scene that is cooler than 90 percent of any other piece of cinema. Okay. Everything else about this movie, not so much. I think I'm gonna enjoy Street Fighter. I, 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 have, I have a particular soft spot for 80s like actioners. It's, um, <laughs> it's something. It's, I love the I love the blank check movies like yeah. your Gremlin two. Uh, yeah. It's like oh, yeah. wow, yeah. guys, <laughs> let's just, let's beautiful. Just do it. Yeah. And now and now he oh he unwrapped it from the very top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the paper was maintained, sliding right. it out I'm, slowly. I'm, I'm it's got Criterion like, cover. Yeah. Is it a Criterion cover? It is, is a Criterion is, cover. Ooh, now I'm gonna go, I, I'm, I pulled out like one <gasps> fifth of it. Oh no, there's a dead. It's not Suspiria. I'm gonna say is it Otto Preminger's. What was Otto Preminger's famous film, uh, Anatomy of a Murder? No. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna pull a little further. Oh, oh it's oh. Uh, it's. Uh, uh, I know what this is. Uh, so we've only pulled out a third of it, <laughs> but this is the worst person in the world. That is correct. Yeah, which I wow. love this movie. The power of friendship <laughs> yeah. and nerds. Yeah, there we go. This is great. I That's love great this movie. Have you seen The Worst Person in the World? I have not. I wanted to. It's it, real good. Well, now it, I know where it is. Yeah, where yeah. It, lives. it is beautiful. And, I, and I've been wanting to... Yeah, thank you for that because I love... This movie, and I would happily rewatch. I also uh, his now. Movie, what did you get him for his birthday? Oh, I got, I got. A, it was, a, it was on last week's episode. I got him a movie that I, I'm pretty convinced he's not gonna enjoy, just because it's a very challenging movie. I will say though, and Sight and Sounds top hundred movies of all time. This was voted the number one movie of all time in a decade long poll by film critics and filmmakers around the world. And as Jean Diel, uh, Chantal Ackerman's first film, Jean Diel Man. 
I forget the rest of the title, but it is a it is a it's movie. Like three hours and some change, right? It's three and a half hours of a woman in her home making food. Oh, uh, I know this movie. Yeah. I've, I've I've done film class. I know what this. <laughs> is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I uh, I got you something that I thought you would really enjoy, which is uh, House or Houseu, uh, mm-hmm. which is a, a a haunted house movie that is. Absolutely batshit bananas, but amazing to watch. It's like it's one of the most fun watches you can have uh, with with a group of friends. I I'm love going. That. I'm going to do a double feature of those. I think oh, <laughs> right after, probably next week, sometime when my charity stream is over. Oh, actually, by the time this airs, the charity stream will be over. I can't even. And you'll be it. free. I will be free-ish free. until the next dumb thing. Anyway, before we get to polite society, oh, tell us about your charity stream, just mm-hmm. so everyone knows. Oh well, it's it's already over at this point oh, by the okay. time they're hearing this. But I hope we raised a lot of money for Best Friends Animal Society. We've manifested multiple mm. m- multiple millions. Multiple I, I love it. I multiple love it. All the actually Best Friends Animal Society. Go to their website if even if you didn't go to the thing. They're a great organization. Their goal is to make all animal shelters no kill by 2025. Okay. And they're on their way. But like it's it's they're a really really cool. Like they feel like and no 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 slight to the Humane Society. They feel like. Like a like a current day, almost like understanding culture a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, animal uh, rescue organization. So we are uh, in the process of discussing. That's a lot of preamble <laughs> to getting kittens at this point at our house, and we're trying to figure out like because there's a fifty fifty thing here, which is like my wife kind of wants like a special breed. You know, she wants like a exclusive, and then uh. and then my son said the other day he was like. But you know, it would be nice to give a cat that doesn't have a home a home. So here's the thing. This is the thing I learned. Can we get an exclusive cat that doesn't have a home? Can we get a homeless chic cat? <laughs> All of them are chic. The thing is, it is actually kitten season now. I've learned this yes, from it the is. folks. Yes. Uh, so uh, there are more kittens than usual. So getting a kitten and making, well, I mean, Never get a kitten unless you are keeping the kitten, of course. Yes. Um, I got Zoe as a kitten, uh, which is one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, and so if you can support kittens, I would say do it. Also, the only reason, in my opinion, to get any sort of like specific cat is if you cannot, for whatever reason, you need the hypoallergenic, like crazy mm-hmm. expensive cat to get a cat. Any right. other thing... Any cat, man. Yeah. yeah, like they're so cool, and like they—they're all gonna equally not give a shit about you. Right. Yeah, uh, I have a cat. I have for, it's my first pet, Lola. I adopted her when she was five because I wanted an older cat. Yeah, um, and she is the light of my life. Even when she pukes <laughs> on 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 the carpet, and I just think to myself, I'm so sorry, I overfed you. I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just this like, is my fault. This I'm is like, my fault. Yeah, I cle- I cleaned her. I just I literally before I I I left. To go to come here, I dragged her a very heavy uh, bag of of used litter mm-hmm, to the mm-hmm. trash receptacle, and I just thought, "Wow, <laughs> I am literally dragging <laughs> yeah. the shit of the thing I love the most <laughs> yeah. through the halls." <laughs> wait, till, wait till you become a parent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, well, and then we, they can use the toilet. There, yeah. see, that's the trick. Oh, not for the first three years. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> just hold them over. No, yeah. I know that's not how it works. Um, we yeah. should do the movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fine. Yeah, no, that's about right. We're yeah. very funny together. Guys. We're very, <laughs> we're, we are, we, we sure do chat a lot here. Hold on. Let me pull up. I want to pull up personally the Internet Movie Database's uh, description of what it considers polite society to be. The film, not just in general. <laughs> Rhea Khan believes she must save her older sister, Lena, from her impending marriage. After enlisting her friend's help, she attempts to pull off the most ambitious of all wedding heists in the name of independence and sisterhood. Accurate. Pretty accurate. Uh, he needs the Ocean's 8 team to join her. 
Yeah, well, her friends are kind of like <laughs> Ocean's my, Three. My, my my preferred Ocean's. I, I prefer. Yeah, yeah I, I, but there was a clear standout in terms of like who I want on my team. Right yeah, now yeah, exactly. Well. I, hopefully, we're talking about the same person. Well, I, we'll see. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Princess, uh, you, you've made you've made the longest trip here. Please tell uh, us your first thoughts about yeah. polite society. I really, really enjoyed it. I love. I was from the very first trailer I saw of it. I said like. Two like Pakistani girls doing their thing, kicking ass, love it. Um, while there were definitely moments where I was like, "Huh, I want to see that again to see how it like links up together." Yeah. Mm-hmm. I overall, I have to say, it's probably one of the most enjoyable debuts I've seen in a really long time because I believe it's the director's debut film, mm-hmm. and I thought the actresses were all really charming and fun, and I just loved, and also just beautifully lit. Everyone looked amazing. Yeah. I, I I I really enjoyed it. Despite my few like little notes on it, I thought it was a really fun time. Yeah, right. Sheer, what about you, buddy? Well, I want to talk a little bit about film distribution. <laughs> but before we, Prin- before Princess, we... you've never been on a show <laughs> with Shahir. This is how it goes. I'm <laughs> I'm living. Okay, yeah. let's go. <laughs> Distribute. Yeah, let's talk about just film distribution. No, the reason I want to talk a little bit about film distribution is that um I I'm. Talking about film distribution in relation to my wife, Shivali, who's been on this show talking mm-hmm. about Mission Impossible, I think, many, many years ago. And uh, the Before Trilogy. The Before Trilogy, yes, that's that's right, yeah. Um, so you got, if you want to go back and get a more detailed, uh, intimate look at our relationship, listen to that episode. <laughs> um, but Erotic thrillers. <laughs> Erotic thrillers, where one person falls asleep. Um, <laughs> the, the most <laughs> erotic. I was going to say, yeah. Um, Tell me more. <laughs> my wife is an extraordinary woman. She is a CEO. She is, uh, she is a PhD in organic chemistry. She's an entrepreneur. She is a very incredibly accomplished woman. Um, she puts up with a lot from me in terms of my movie conversation. Sure. I will tell her a lot about... Like, right now, she's trying to play catch-up to the Marvel Cinematic Universe because she knows that my son is... Or our son is going to be interested in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I'm trying to, like, fill her in on the details of when what's When he's happened. into the MCU, he's your son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is exactly what she said. She's like, this is your child. Iron Man is not part of my purview. I don't purview. know if that's true for you specifically. Yeah, I know. It's a thing. Um... But but so you're more of a Snyder person. No, you're not. Yeah. Uh, Only two high fives. No, no, no. no. Um, uh, So the reason I bring that up, the reason I bring that up, is that as as a moviegoer, she does not give a shit about basically the entire tenor of where the movie industry is going right now. Okay. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, she could not care less about. The Mission Impossible, she loves Tom Cruise movies. Like, she sat down to watch Fallout and she was like really bored within an hour of this movie. Mm. Um, Because I think the thing is, is that there's too much catch up. There's too much seriousness about it all. There's too much like work to be done on the viewer's side. Mm -hmm. And with that in mind, polite society is a movie that is surgically designed for my wife. Like, this is, like, she is like, when she saw the trailer, she was like, yes, this is what I want. This is this is exactly what I want to see. I want to go to a movie, have a good time, see people that look like me, mm-hmm. see part of my culture represented, but also have fun at the movie. She mm-hmm. Like, that is what she wants. And the interesting thing is this movie was kind of a, a, a hot buy at Sundance. It did it played well there. Nita Man- uh, Manzor um, is really well regarded. She has a show uh, on BBC called We Are Lady Parts. It looks I, real good. I just yeah. watched the trailer. I, I watched the short film Lady Parts, and it's awesome. Yeah. And, and, and it's fantastic. Um, but Polite Society is, like, by the time 
she understood what polite society was and then gathered her friends to like say, hey, let's go to the movies. Because again, this is a movie that her and her friends, all moms, all Indian, uh, Indian moms who don't go to the movies, who don't give a shit about any of this, mm -hmm. this is a movie exactly for them. This is a movie where they will go, they will drink a lot of wine, they will pay all the perks to see this movie. Mm -hmm. This is a movie that's playing for a week in New York City and it is gone. It's it, it, it is yeah. like it like and this is just the the sad part is that I when I explained to her, I was like, Oh, you know, look, Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out next week and you know that's gonna play on five screens in every theater every hour for the next month. And and she and that like just pissed her off. She mm -hmm. was just like, I can't believe there's this one movie. Like, how many movies are targeted to exactly her demographic, exactly what she wants. She would take, and, and the thing is, she would go, she would take everyone she knows to go see the movie. Mm -hmm. She will tell her mom to go see the movie. She will tell all her little cousins to go see the movie. She would tell everyone to go see this movie, mm -hmm. but she can't go see this movie. Yeah. And, and, that, and that, that is, and like, look, uh, Focus Features, who's distributing this film, um, is um, doing a lot of work to get there. Another film that was a hot buy out of Sundance, 1001, I think it was called, 1001. Um, the uh, Tilda Swinton. No, no, no. It's, got, it's a New York movie. Uh, it's got the, oh, I forgot the actress's name, but she was in a Kanye West video years ago. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, uh, Tiana Taylor. Tiana Taylor's yes, movie. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I've seen people, I've seen that at the Alamo. Yeah, yeah, and it's meant to be great as yeah. well. And like, But these are movies that like, basically are in the theatrical run for like a week or two mm -hmm. and then move on to Peacock, as it turns out. Yeah. Um, uh. and, and so the, I just want to point that out, that like there has never been a... And again, another thing is my wife, one of my wife's favorite movies is Bend It Like Beckham. And she M made, mine too. She made me watch it last night. Uh, no, it didn't make me watch it. I was like, I should watch this because mm -hmm. I haven't seen it before. And it's amazing. It's really, really mm -hmm. fun. And I was <laughs> Again, like, I go back to erotic thriller. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bend It Like Beckham? No, no making you watch well, it. Yeah, exactly. watch it. <laughs> I, I had a really good time watching yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so again, just pointing out that like a movie surgically targeted, mm -hmm. you know, exactly to a demographic that does not get movies made for them mm -hmm. very often is just going to be impossible for her to see. Like, she, you know, it, it'll come on streaming and she'll watch it at home. She'll probably have a girls' night. All, you know, all of her friends yeah. will come over and she'll watch yeah. it there. But it's just like, you know, like, that, that it's thing. Is, yeah. It's frustrating. And I, and I totally agree because I had to go away. I have to go to MTG 30 this yeah. weekend. So I, and I realized that if I didn't see it this week, week it's gone. I wasn't going to see it. Yeah. It was Chevalier because, like, I live in yeah. Brooklyn. And it's like the Alamo Brooklyn switches over movies even faster because of the venue. Yeah. So, like, it was done. It was out of Brooklyn, like, within a week. So yeah, I yeah. had to go to Manhattan to see it. And I had to go to Manhattan to see Chevalier. And it's like, these are two movies that I'm very invested in. Yeah. And I want to support in theaters. And I have, like, a tiny block to do it or I'm not going to yeah, do and it she's at a, all. Yeah, and she, you know, Chevalier's a mother as well. And, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, an entrepreneur and working and stuff. So it's like, making time to go see a movie is a big deal. Exactly. Um, so I wanted to get that out of the way first. It was just like, it is frustrating. And... The, I guess it's not the fault of the way the distribution system is set up, but the fact that Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out this week and will play for months and, and you know, like every screen, every every theater is going to have it. Th that just to her, you know, and I, I rightly so, was like, this is, you know, like, when is her time at the movies? Yeah. You know, kind of I, thing. I used to be real. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for fucking seven or eight years or yeah. however many it's been. And I used to be a real... Um, I, I, for as lack of a better term, Marvel distribution apologist. Yeah. In the sense where I'm like, well, it's like what people want. So yeah. like, fuck. And like, and I, I, the, as the years have rolled on, yeah. I just, I honestly, uh, the things that you had said in fucking six, seven years ago, Shahir, I'm like, yeah, those are all correct. Like, yeah. it sucks because, look, 
I'm excited for Guardians 3. Yeah. I think I'll yeah. enjoy it. People that I've seen that I respect are saying they like it. But like, no movie needs to be across eight fucking screens no. for fucking a month and a half. It, like, yeah. it's the nature of what it is. But but it's just this is kind of one of the the side yeah. effects of it, which is that a movie like this again, which this movie would play so well. Mm-hmm. To a theater full of people like my wife, yeah. I, I would love to take her to go see it. We couldn't go see it at the same time. Yeah, um, this movie would sk- absolutely kill in front of that audience. And you would think <laughs> that, considering even just for like the demographics of like it is Asian, uh, it's Asian American and Pacific mm-hmm. Islander month right now. So yep. like you have a film that specifically is for that community that you could be marketing right now and be promoting, you know, as part of it. Even if you were to do something with streaming, at least do a way where it's like, get it available right away. Yeah. Especially if you know it's going to be so few screens. Do Have it available on Peacock as well as it's on theaters if you know it's going to be that limited of a release. And, and this isn't a malaise like the world of sucks or kind of thing. Because like, if we think about then uh, last year, uh, maybe it's just the case that a24 is really good at this. Okay. Um, but, you know, when they came out with Everything Everywhere yeah. All at Once, that was a movie, spe- you know, like targeted to a very specific demographic that mm-hmm. doesn't get to go to the movies very often. And they did an amazing job with like slow rolling that out, building it up, and making sure that it stayed in theaters for a long time. That movie made a lot of money mm-hmm. in theaters for what it was. So I-, I just wanted to put all that out there because this is a movie that I really enjoyed and I could absolutely see, you know, just kill in a movie theater in big crowds mm-hmm. uh, and who who have money to pay to see the premium ticket price who would pay to have all the drinks served to them you know mm-hmm. like to have that experience with this movie they would have yeah um, and I had a great time with this movie I've got you know like like you I think there is certain elements to it that uh, feel a little bit this is not the right phrase because I think she's an amazing director, but it feels a little first film. Yeah, I, I, this, sure. This exactly, my, my word. But, it, I but at the same it. time, I'm like, I would rather have, you know, like the the things that I think, oh, more than anything, I think I was like, I love what this person is doing and mm-hmm. I want to see more of it. Absolutely. You know? yeah. so, so, so that I know I didn't say much about the movie, but it was just like, a big thing at our house because we yeah. were trying to coordinate her to go see this movie and we haven't been able to. Yeah. yeah. Well, it makes sense. Like, the, on that point, I think this is a movie that would kill if it was given the opportunity mm-hmm. in the space just with, with a myriad of, of audiences. Yeah, yeah. Because, and, and I think the reason why, even transcending, like, the specificity of, of, of the target audience that it's actually going for, this is a movie that is made with so much fucking love. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, like, we were both talking about, oh, it's a first film, and it does kind of feel like a first film, and that could be, consi- like, if you were looking at everything from a purely technical, like, sort of angle, is that possibly a negative for some folks? Maybe. For me, personally, it sounds like for, for the rest of us, although I don't want to put words in anyone's mouths, the, this, like... I would much rather see that and see the level of energy and excitement uh, for the yeah. material yeah. and and taking a genre that is uh not normally targeted towards uh, this demographic like the, the way that this movie felt like and I I I say this do really liking the movie I'm going to reference it felt like Scott Pilgrim with a soul right yeah like yeah. there's I, a lot of Edgar Wright I mean yeah. Edgar Wright cast a huge shadow over like that genre, British, of, yeah, British, British yeah. genre yeah. comedy, yeah. yeah. And this felt like this felt like what I would like to see a natural progression of whatever that sort. Like, I, I love the idea that like when in a musical, mm-hmm. when emotions get too much, that's when a song starts. Yeah. In like Scott Pilgrim, 
or this, when the emotions get too high, a fight starts. Yeah. And like, I like that. I don't know that micro genre or whatever we want to yeah. call it. And this felt so fucking cool. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I really liked it. And on the note of just audiences enjoying it, Let's go this. Uh, Ant-Man, right? Yeah. I went and saw Ant-Man in a packed theater. No one clapped. <laughs> I went and saw this in a half theater, and everyone was losing their fucking minds. Oh, yeah. And, like, there's... I, I, I think that is because you can feel how both of these films are made. One is maybe technically well put together and looks kind of slick, and the other one is just, like fucking just pure emotion and like care and love mm -hmm. and I, you're that's gonna win an audience in a room full of people in the sitting in the dark being lied to by moving pictures on the screen every yeah. single time there were so many shots especially of um the mother the villainess who was like stand out my favorite yeah, yeah. and i'm like this is like Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Right. Yeah. Like, just so good and fun and campy and just, like, enjoying it. And to be able to see, you know, actresses get to do that yeah. nowadays, especially older actresses, is so fun. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you brought up Bennett, Bennett like, Beckham. There is, like, no brown girl that I've ever met that didn't have a big emotional attachment to that yeah. movie. And so for me as a brown girl, even though, like, I'm black and the, and the characters are Pakistani, I'm always going to want to see a movie with brown people in it yeah. who are getting to do their things. And if more people knew where the movie was, I don't, people didn't even know it was out. I tweeted yeah. about They're like, oh, I didn't even know it was out That's, yet. Yeah, and know, I'm like, and this is the month that it, everyone <laughs> should know that it's freaking yeah. out, if anything. Yeah. yeah. And it just feels, I like you said, I love seeing a filmmaker who really enjoys pushing up against the stereotypes of certain things while also embracing the nuances of that. And I think so often in sort of shows, especially because I believe these are Pakistani Muslims, yes. yeah. Yeah. you know, usually the movies about they're like, oh, you want to lose your faith. Or things. It's more, this is much more emotional yeah. driven. It's much more insular. Like the parents are supportive enough. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're an appropriate amount of brown parents. I mean, you know, like, yeah, they're yeah. like, all right, we'll let you do your little art thing and yeah, we'll yeah. figure it out. Like I appreciated that it wasn't about like, they need to be westernized yeah, or Americanized yeah. and, and if it was an American movie, but like it's about them like figuring out who they are in their own culture yeah. rather than trying to leave that culture to do something else. Yeah, that it yeah. can embrace the beauty of like how that can be messy, but it's still worth having together. Yeah. And I think like that's also a big change because I think for a long time even when it like Beckham, like how it had to have like a white male love interest, yeah, yeah. how it had to sort of like have a lot more drama about like what does it mean for her to be um be, be an Indian girl playing soccer, and this yeah. was more just kind of like, are we really great at what we're doing as we're pushing back against the things that our parents want us to be? Like, I don't want to be a doctor, but am I really good at this art thing? Yeah, and yeah. I like that conflict. It's so funny because because watching Benny like Beckham last night, um, Jonathan Rhys Meyers, who's the love interest in that movie. Every time, like every time he came on, like me and my wife was sitting on the couch, uh, sitting, sitting actually in the bedroom watching the movie. Not an erotic thriller. Just, I, just, just the like, more you talk about it, the more I'm thinking erotic thriller. Yeah, yeah. You like it's hilarious because she was on her laptop working while I was kind of just lounging about, like in that's my pajamas. That's your kink, though. That's yeah. what you're into. Yeah, yeah. That's old, multitasking. Yeah, yeah. Old parent kind of thing. But it's like every time Jonathan Reese Myers was on screen, like you could see her just look up from her laptop and like <laughs> yeah. and like slowly lower the laptop yeah. for a minute. He is just, very delicious. In that movie, like. but, it, but, I, but I think to that end, because like you say, Bend It Like Beckham was a really big movie for her. She was like, I remember every scene of this movie. I love every scene of this movie. I love watching this movie. And she loved that that like a brown girl in that movie mm -hmm. makes out with like ostensibly the Leonardo DiCaprio kind of like yeah. love interest of that of that movie. And it wasn't like a 
oh, she's making out with a white guy kind of thing. It's like she she gets to have the hottest person in the room. Yeah. And that she was needs like, to be the most desirable girl on screen. Yeah. And Karen Knightley's there, like, just because I have trainers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a lesbian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but bring it back to polite society. Uh, I think the thing that, um, I, you know, look, um, the action set pieces are really fun because uh, they're not technically the most, like, incredible action you're going to see, like, uh, in terms of, you know, Kung Fu style or martial arts type action is a very technical art. And of course we have, we are, uh, ingrained into understanding how it works. And we, uh, as an audience, I think are so, are fairly, uh, well versed because it's such a popular art form in terms sure. of like when this works and when it doesn't. And a lot of this, uh, I will say for the most part, like the action sequences are occasionally amazing. And then a lot of times they were kind of like, you know, you can kind of see the seams here, you know, a little bit, particularly when um, Renu, um, Renu Brindle, the older woman, um, has to has to perform in that in that world. You're kind of like, okay, I, I think you do watch it with a sense of forgiveness, though, which is yeah. like, mm -hmm. I still would rather see this mm -hmm. than most other, you know, yeah. like high high execution versions of this. Well, I would compare it, like comparing it to like Renfield, which I think <laughs> also has a lot of the same things. I feel like. That film and this film are kind of equal in par of like how choppy their action sequences mm. are filmed. But I charming, but charming. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also because like I literally I saw John Wick four and then yeah. I saw those movies and yeah. I was like, this exactly. Is, yeah, it, you could just you could just once you've seen enough action yeah. films, you can just kind of see like okay, so we're working around the limitations. Yeah, of exactly. This. It doesn't hurt the movie, but you do notice it if you're someone who watches a lot of fighting. Cinema. And I, I think if you're watching it only with that frame of reference, mm -hmm. you you may not have as good a time with this. Yeah. But then the thing that kind of like catches me out is the fact that they're wearing saris while doing it. Exactly. You know, like the fact that the saris are twirling yeah. and looking amazing, and you're just like, I, you know, like having grown up on Bollywood musicals, it's like. Oh yeah, I have seen these 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 dresses move, but seeing them move yeah. for this purpose is something yeah. I've never seen before. With a yeah. bicycle kick is a little bit yeah, different. Yeah, exactly. And, and it and it's like, oh, I like that is the coolest thing I've seen. You know, yeah. like um I think also this this idea of sisterhood between Lena and Rhea. Yeah. Uh Rhea. Rhea, Rhea. However, it's Rhea. Rhea. Yeah. Um the there's a line in this that hit me really, really hard. Um, so Lena at the at the opening of the film is a kind of amazing. She's like slunking around London, uh, uh, like eating a whole Peking chicken, uh. and then having to like crouch on the on the on the corner, you know, like in shame as like other Indian mothers or aunties or something yeah. like that walk past. I like I love this. I love I love everything about this. Yeah. Um, but the, essentially, what is happening here is Rhea is really invested in Lena, making sure that she continues her art because if she doesn't. She's the person that she looks up to, and right. her desires to become a stunt woman become are, are more at risk then yeah. if she doesn't if if Lena doesn't continue on with what she does, and she also like recognizes that in in Indian culture, I guess uh, a little bit the marriage for a woman is kind of like there's a finality to it in terms of like what your aspirations are because now you are a wife and mm -hmm. sure. I know it's, it's, and it's leading a, towards being a mother. Yeah. Heading yeah. towards being, so there's like a linear a line to it that she clearly can see. Yeah. Um, and it's not that that's right, but that is kind of how the, the culture works. Um, and, and you know, and it happens in other cultures as well. Um, but there's a line where Rhea and Lena are fighting, uh, because they basically, they're having this diatribe of, you need to continue on with your art because I need I need you to do that because it matters to me. 
And Lena says this line, which is like, but I'm just not good enough. Mm -hmm. And like that hit me like a ton of bricks because then the film becomes about like this idea that is the thing that you were pursuing really important or was it an idea that was important? Mm -hmm. And, and, and what I like about the film is like, despite all the sort of hijinks and theatrics and, and, you know, a sort of fairly crazy, uh, third act twist, um, there is a heart to this, which is, which is about like what happens as you grow up Mm -hmm. and, and it's nuanced as well. It's not like, you know, she's not, there's no point at which where the film is kind of saying Lena was this amazing artist that did all these things and it's a real tragedy now. It's like, no, she was an artist. She was pursuing this thing and now like her life is taking a turn. We never actually see a completed piece of her art in in the film and I think that was a good choice because it leaves us to not know Mm -hmm. as an audience member if she is good or not. Yeah. Because it's, I, it's it's great because this movie focuses on the exact things I want, which is just the emotional resonance around situations and not the minutia or like the building blocks to sort of get there. Like, yeah. is Lena a good artist or not? I don't know, but yeah. it's about whether or not she believes she is or not and whether or not that's okay with her relationship with her sister. Yeah. Even, and this is uh, very minor spoilers for the end, but when they're talking at the end of the movie, and she's like, yeah, I'm going to think about it. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not about her being like, you know what? I am, I do now know yeah. that I am good her at this. Her art doesn't save the day. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I think as someone who has, who is like the younger sister of an of a artist, older mm. sister, they're def- I definitely related to that dynamic because my sister, especially because coming from like an immigrant family, an immigrant mm. black family, like my sister not being an animator and not a doctor or mm. a teacher or yeah. a lawyer normalized the idea that that could also be me. Yeah. And so like her successes in that industry and even the times where it was hard for her were like the first time I saw another path for myself yeah. besides the one that was supposed to be like laid out for me. And I think that's so important. I, I kind of, I wrote down a note before I was like the dynamic between Rhea and Lena is like, Little women, but only two sisters. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, yeah. It, it's like you have all the complexity of like one that wants to like artist that's yeah. not really great, but wants to marry then, like, you know, the the Beth, yeah. uh, the, the kind of that kind of thing. And you have like this younger sister who's like, no, you have to live for your passions. And then having to realize like, but what does that actually mean? And I think to, to your point, that was one of the most poignant parts of it, especially because I think I love, I love a female protagonist who is earnest, but also kind of a dick. Right, yeah. And, yeah. and, and Rhea is kind of a dick. Oh, yeah. And, kind of a, yeah. and to her friends as well, who are just trying to help her out. Yeah. And then, you know, and then they're like, you're being an asshole. We're going to establish boundaries and yeah. just not talk to you until you apologize. And I was like, good for you. Yeah, Good yeah. for you, movie, for allowing your protagonist to be a little bit dramatic because they're a teenager. Yeah. And like not villainizing them, but just giving them a nice little little arc for themselves yeah yeah she she is like i think the thing is though she is so charming to watch yeah Yeah. like so you can you kind of watch her flaws with like a a level of i know you're gonna work through this yeah you know like and i and i am here to like watch you go through this and see what the experience is going to be like and like even the the bully character at the beginning oh, who's I like love dad back. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah who bought his dad bought her a convertible yeah but was but, inside of trading but does she but does he love did you remember your birthday <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um you know like just seeing again i i guess as well um there, there was a part of me that kind of walked out of the movie going you know, I, I I felt bad for sort of thinking it this way because again, Edgar Wright cast such a huge shadow, and I felt like I mentioned Edgar Wright a lot. Um, 
because I think there's a precision to what Edgar Wright does that very, very few people can do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great video essay, um, Every Frame of Painting, that has like um, how to do visual comedy correctly. And it's basically just a, a visual essay about Edgar Wright. And I, sure. think, I think everything that that video essay kind of points out is exactly right. There's a pinpoint precision to what he does. And I watched the, the first like 30, 40 minutes of the movie. I was kind of going, this is, again, I felt bad for sort of framing it this way. Because I think Bendit like Beckham and Gorinda Chata is a better mm-hmm. uh, a better reference point for this. But this is uh, in the world of what Edgar Wright does, which is genre mashup mm-hmm. with you know absurdist comedy, and there there isn't the same kind of precision to what this film does to, to what Edgar Wright does. And I, and I, I felt, I, I thought about it as I was watching the movie and then I felt bad about the same because I was like, no, they, there's got to be a better reference point for this. Well, there's got to be a better way to think of this. And I think the, the, you know, to say the, the other side of it was what we've already been discussing is that, um, it doesn't have that same level of precision mm-hmm. that we kind of like admire. Um, but it is also like, so much more endearing and charming mm-hmm. and kind of like effortless in all the the sort of dy- the, the interpersonal dynamics. Mm-hmm. So the sisters together, the way they relate to their mother, the way that they go to like, uh, you know, uh, an Eid celebration yeah. and like how that plays out. Um, I think, you know, there is so much, l- as you said, love on display here that makes this work that I, I again, I have like, no problems, like not discussing any of those the, the issues that I kind of felt as I was watching it, mm-hmm. and just going, I think this is gonna just a great time at the movies. Well, one of the things that the Edgar Wright comparison, mm-hmm. like this is mm-hmm. obviously as we as we've mentioned, uh, Nita mm-hmm. Menzo's uh, Men- mm-hmm. Menzor, yeah, uh, is first feature, right? First feature, but she has been like been, again. She, yeah, she yeah, did, yeah, she did, uh, and, some, and again. Uh, she did a Doctor a, Who episode. She did Doctor Who episode. She's she's directed she a whole show. series. Yeah, we yeah. are Lady Parts. But this, yeah. this is the my short point. film is so good. Yeah, but yeah. this is my point too. Yeah. Like, I love Edgar Wright. Edgar yeah. Wright's probably my favorite director. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I go back and watch Spaced, like yeah. in the beginning of yeah. his career, yeah. yeah, like it's not as polished. Mm-hmm. Like, like this this is. I mean, this director for Polite Society is going to go on to do like amazing, amazing things. Like, yeah. I, I would, I would even say, d- depending on what acumen you're sort of looking at, based on like beginnings of of yeah. feature careers, this is Great probably <laughs> more impressive than more where impressive. the other. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? So like, uh, oh, sorry. The other thing, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to switch gears ever so quickly. The thing, because we were talking about sort of, um, I've brought up on this show. Uh, being uh, a, a cis white dude. Uh, what? What? Uh, uh, I often we gotta feel, get him off of. I know. Yeah. Can, can someone help? Uh, no. I, Are we canceled? I, I often feel. I often feel like uh, ba- based on how I was raised, I don't have any culture, but whatever America is. <laughs> and uh, so, w- with that sort of in mind, there was another interesting aspect of the the culture of, of that was being displayed in this film, and that is the villain's arc. Weirdly also plays into the same type of things that the hero wants just in a different way. Oh, okay. And by that I mean, so the, I'm, now yeah. we'll get into spoilers yeah. if yeah, everyone's yeah. cool yeah. with Spoilers. Yeah. 
So uh, the mother who, who's marrying off her son uh, to the older sister in this film, the, the, the sci-fi plot is that Lita has the perfect womb. Yeah. Uh, and can, Most fertile. Can, right? yeah, like, yeah. It can be, Hashtag best womb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and can be uh, in, in, incepted, impregnated, uh, have, have a clone of the mother inserted into the womb so that she could live in society that is not burdening her the way that society previously did when she grew up. She'd have a second chance. Right. So in a way, the villain who is, I mean, if you if you look at what this is on face value, it's yeah. fucking monstrous. Yeah. But she's doing, she has the same internal desire of this freedom yeah. that Rhea has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's just beyond her time and doing evil shit to do it. And when I saw that sort of dichotomy of like, it's, this isn't heavy handed, it's this yeah. not whatever, but I was thinking about like cultural, the, the cultural pressures on people and things like yeah. that and breaking away from the molds. And it's, I was like, they're kind of in the same headspace of the the style of thing they want yeah. based around what their cultures have started to put on them. And I found that like, really fucking fascinating. That's a really good yeah. read. I actually really, like, I didn't read it that way, yeah. but I think it's a really, really good read. Uh, be, because I think that the film also kind of slightly underserves that storyline. It, it comes in, yeah. it comes yeah. in the yeah. 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 yeah, that's, that's yeah. the part where it's like, I remember in the theater being like, okay. Yeah, yeah. The but second <laughs> we got to the lab, I was like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. but I, I I thought they were going to be aliens before they were going to be clones. Yeah. I was like, all right, all right, they're but, aliens. But I, I, it also plays into the stereotype of the like in Indian culture as well, the yeah. mama's boy. Yeah, you know, like who's who's and he was mo- ten toes in. He was yeah, like, like, absolutely, I, I will yeah, get, like, get a wife for you. Ten yeah, toes yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, but it, you know, because it, it plays into the idea of the the mama's boy, and also like the idea that you know, like, like I think it comes from Norman Bates and Psycho. It's like uh, a boy's best friend is his mother. Mm-hmm. You know, like and it was just like if she could, she would marry her son kind of thing you know like it, and yeah. I, th- I think that's the gag that it's playing at mm-hmm. and it's like on that level it worked but at the same time you know like as I watched it I was like oh this is a really it's a really good third act like I was like it's logical to what the story is doing mm-hmm. it's also much more heightened to what we expected mm-hmm. it was like yeah. now we're in like um uh almost like a cult kind of thing or the Wicca, yeah. you know, like there's yeah. some sort of yeah. like secret lab. It, it is, it does feel a little bit like the world's in, for example, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, like there is something bigger at play here. Ari Aster is like, I could have done that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it's, it's, it's not as well fleshed out as I think it could be, but also like at the same time, like, you know, I, I I'm okay with like, the amount that it's in because yeah. really what the focus is is how it brings together Rhea and Lena mm-hmm. because ultimately the, fo- the the need there is for Lena to see that oh shit this is what I'm marrying into yeah. and this is what I'm going to have to live with and and that's not cool yeah. um, and so it kind of it it does the it does the business really well um, but the, you know uh, and, and and on that level what I cared most about was just how passionate Rhea was about saving Lena. Like it was just, mm-hmm. it was just this heightened, like absolutely, I, you know, like ride or die, yeah. you know, like, and I, I love it. What was the, um, what was, the, there was a three stage plan and the first one diplomacy was diplomacy. diplomacy. And they were like, diplomacy. 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 I, 
I love that. Diplomacy, <laughs> dirt, yeah. and then oh shit, what and then it? infiltration. It was, no, it was like it was something like attack or uh, it was. A, a, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was an S word. But I, ho- I was hoping it was going to be another D, but it was like yeah. you know, but uh, it was planting shit basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I, I I love that like stage because that's like it's also kid logic, you know? Yeah. Like it is little kid logic, which is how the mo- the, the kung fu kind of operates in this yeah. movie. I will say um, the. <laughs> It's weird to kind of point to the white person in the movie as like one of the breakouts, but Ella <laughs> Brock, uh, Broccolieri, who plays Alba, the eyes on this girl, like whenever she was like jumping up and like doing something, I, and like there's there's this amazing little like whip pan sequence where she's like trying to press an elevator button, where I was like, this is comedic genius. This is like this is working on that sort of level of precision where the 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 performer, the camera, the director is all kind of like completely in sync. Mm-hmm. I loved her. I just thought she was just like so perfectly cast in I this movie. I thought she was really good in the scene in the men's locker room too. Which oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the, the redhead wig. And the, yeah, yeah. Musta- yeah, the mustache. Oh, and just yeah, like that whole re- sequence yeah. was so funny. She reminded me of uh, the Bob's Burgers. Uh, the, Tina. The, the, she reminded me of yeah. Tina. It was like butts. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. um, <laughs> I did think that you know, like when we get sort of get back to the the underserve, uh, you know, like the level of precision that. Uh, sequence where they're trying to get the laptop out of the the, the gym, mm-hmm. I thought was a little undercooked. Sure, um, it felt like uh, there could be a th- one or two more complications thrown into this to like ex- to heighten this a little bit more. Um, you know, I, and that was like one of the first times where I was watching, going, "Oh yeah, this this just kind of feels like a little." You know, there could be more to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, sure. The <laughs> the. Uh... The standout fight for me was the sister fight in the hall. Oh, the oh, hallway, yeah. yeah, with the with the hair um, hair straightener. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> oh God, that that ch- triggered me. But yeah. even that like felt so like. So I'm an only child. It's great, yeah. Uh, so I can't I cannot relate to the the mm. sibling sort of thing, but it felt very true to mm. me, like in a like not in a actual fighting, burning yeah. your sibling with a mm. with with a, with a hair straightener, but in that like passions are overflowing and you are fucking furious and you have to live with this person for the rest of your life or have them in your life and like how you deal with that or how you explode or how you come back from that and that one felt the most like weirdly brutal Mm -hmm. and because I think it kind of was the most emotionally brutal for the characters and I loved seeing like that level (laughs) of um, again I go back to like the Scott Pilgrim references they Mm -hmm. they Listen, that movie has something to say, and I do like it overall. But there's nothing he- terribly deep there. There's yeah. not like like a well of emotion in that. It's just uh, mm. some dude and how he feels about stuff, and maybe becoming slightly better. Where this is like these sisters are each other's kind of entire lives, and mm. one is going down a path the other one believes is dangerous, and also there's some selfishness from that angle from her mm-hmm. as well. So like. To have them brawl like this yeah. Yeah. felt real. Like when when she kicks her through the door, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I like for a moment I was in the theater and I was like, is this gonna be a dream sequence? Cause I, cause no, it was, yeah. it was so like kind of like at that big like because the entire movie is kind of surreal, but you kind of like yeah. are sitting in it, so you're like. <laughs> Oh, this is the world where people just ki- just kick each other's asses all the time. Yep. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but that was a sequence where I was like, okay, and it really like. I hate like when when siblings fight. My brother and I don't fight. My yeah. my I don't fight. My siblings and I don't really argue. I think the only time my brother and I ever like yelled at each other was about if Julia Roberts deserved her Oscar or not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was like the, that was like the first and last time we had like a really <laughs> shouty argument with each other. Um, 
But I just found like the pain that both of them were going through to be so palpable. Yeah. Because like I think as an older sibling, the last thing you want is to disappoint your younger one. Yeah. Especially when you have such a close bond. But also like feeling very trapped in that role of having to be the person who is inspiring you to do your best. Like that's a that's a really that's a burden you don't really ask for to yeah. have to be sort of like a weird between parent of like guiding you on this journey when you are struggling and you can kind of tell that like as much as Rhea looks up to Lena Lena can't really put her emotional burdens on her much younger yeah. sister yeah. Yeah. so it's kind of this thing of like you want so much of me but there's only so much of myself that I can give to you in return and so it's th that unevenness kind of spills over into that fight yeah um and th the other part that like did kind of gut me because it's my because it's my biggest fear of like when when Rhea's mother is talking to her is like you know to like about sending her away yeah. and I was like that's my biggest fear of like I'm in a weird supernatural situation I'm like mom I need you to believe me and they're like no and I'm yeah. like it reminded me of when I watched The Invisible Man all over again. I was like, when your friend says that she's being chased by her rich invisible husband, you have to believe them. Yeah. If I tell you that. My sister's about to be cloned. You have to believe me, Mom. Yeah. Mom, I wouldn't lie about well, that. Well, there's an interesting thing that happens in immigrant families as well, which is that the parents kind of like are holding on to the old world. Yeah. So the sibling, you know, the older child becomes like the sort of surrogate parent that is like the bridge between exactly, the yeah. old world and the new world. And, and so she, you know, it happened in my family, certainly, where the older sibling is like a secondary parent, but one who lives in this world, yeah. in the world that, in in the society that they you live in. They speak your language and your, the parents' language, yeah, yeah. so they're like, you're your almost your translator. Yeah, yeah, they're your go-between, um, which certainly happened with my family as well. Um, and, and I think that, that um, that's kind of, there is a, you know, like, in immigrant communities, in films like this, in Bandit Like Bacon, there is always this, um, the battle is between the parents who come from a different time, different place, and the children who now who inhabit the world that they were brought to mm -hmm. uh, and have to like negotiate the fact that their values are different to what their parents' values are. Yeah. And so for the um, the parents' values, it's it's Lena getting married, it's her having children, it's marrying to a nice family. You know, like I think even the dad says it's like, well, it's not really like an arranged marriage. It's like outsourcing. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's outsour outsourcing and we do it so you don't have to do all the trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to do all the trouble. Which like, um, there's a thing in Indian communities which is like, um, the, the idea of an arranged marriage is not it is out of flavor a lot you know like like nobody nobody likes you know saying they want an arranged marriage mm -hmm. but what happens is when indian kids get older because they're under so much pressure to like do you know like to be good at school yeah. to like get their lives together to become doctors all that sort of stuff like they get to an age and i see it all the time where they're like you know i'm actually really tired i haven't had a chance to date I would love it if, you know, my parents who have, who uh, know other parents who have other kids set us up, yeah. you know, like, like the, it's sort of like this weird thing, which is like, they're okay with being outsourced. Yeah. Well, that's a why bit. Indian matchmaker is so popular yeah, now yeah. amongst like everybody, like yeah. oh, that, that entire like genre of like adult auntie yeah, yeah. getting, getting young kids together who have too much anxiety to find for themselves. It's like, it's like Tinder with a between person. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I think I, I've seen on a bus shadi.com, which yeah. is like, you know, Indian marriages. Yeah. And it's like, and like shadi, shadi, the word shadi means marriage okay. or wedding. Um, and so like the, it basically imagine if Tinder was wedding.com. It's like, yeah. we are going here for a very specific purpose. Yeah. And it's like, it, it, it's almost functional. And I think Lena is kind of in that zone in her life yeah. where she's like, look, the art thing hasn't maybe worked out. 
I'm okay with like just trying what the, this thing that my parents are kind of setting up. Mm-hmm. And like, there's all this expectation that comes with it. But then there's like this, there is a, like a modernity to it as well, which is like, well, obviously it's, it's underpinned by this like strange science fiction story, but like mm-hmm. she has a period in bed and then like, is at her mother, you know, her future mother-in-law's house, mm-hmm. who's like, oh, that's fine. Don't worry about it. I was like, man, this is not, not yeah. you know, like not how I would imagine it going down. The other element, which I think is touched on, but I didn't catch it properly. Like it's implied that they're in two different caste systems. Yeah. Or, or like or at least, at least different financial. Economic. Class, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. like, they're like, oh, like, like when Rhea says like, oh, they're allowing you to, like you're friends with all these people. Yeah. Like, aren't you too low class for them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, wow. Like they're really going there with a sense of like, you know, even within that culture, like you may all be like the same to like maybe like the white people who yep. are seeing you, but amongst each other, oh, it's there a, are clear separations yeah. of like who belongs with whom yeah. and who doesn't. And so, like even with with Lena, the thing I think that I is also interesting is that like through this marriage, it gives her yeah the yeah. upward mobility yeah that she wouldn't get through art school the thing is is, is, is through this marriage she would probably get the time and the economic to freedom art, to, yeah. to be an artist right like it would come with the the the, the whole uh, mo- mother-in-law womb yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. it's like but, but, if you, but i would be able to afford easels you know i, like, I literally i the whole time i was like she's a poor art student if you just sat there down and be like okay listen yeah yeah do you want to marry my son yeah. and like let me like be reborn yeah and we'll just pay for your art i feel like Depending on when you find her, sixty forty, it's yeah. like she'll think about that chicken she was eating and think, yeah. "I can, I can be my own mother-in-law's mother in law's mother." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, fine. It's, it's a, a, it's a, like a Rosemary's Baby type. I know that's problematic, yeah. but it's yeah, like yeah. you know, like yeah, well, you know, there are worse fates. <laughs> yeah. The the. <laughs> sorry, the going back to the cloning and the nonsense. When the when <laughs> I, I, I'm glad I clocked this when they walk into the party, the the matchmaking type party or whatever, the first party they go to, yeah. and the little flashes are going off in the archway. Yeah, and I'm like, that flash is really low for a photo thing. I was yeah. like, what the hell? And it turns Coochie out they're, cam. they're literally just taking X-rays of everyone's wombs, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I was like, I was glad I, I, I clocked a mis. What I consider, I'm like, that seems like a, a mistake on the photographer's part. Yeah. I was like, oh no, yeah. it's a plot point. And oh, I was like, I, I, I like little moments like this movie's kind of full of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, that uh, this is the, the sort of the last thing I'll say about it. Another credit, I think, to the structure of the film is we know well, throughout it, we're never a thousand percent sure if Raya is, uh, is, is, going to I mean she going too far from a teenager perspective of trying yeah. to do whatever but like is she right or not yeah right. like because she starts thinking things are weird and then things start looking not weird and then it slowly trickles back to proving that they're weird and a lot of times when movies try to do this to give the perspective of the audience not fully understanding if the main character is actually uh correct I'll get I guess mm-hmm. I'll just say it does falter or gives away too many hints or not enough hints or like all that and I felt like the balance of like up till the end are we sure what is exactly what is going on it was like a really nice knife's edge walk yeah like I I I was interested even in when the lab hit in the third act and it gets a little wonky I'm like what is the final move here what is the thing and when it turned out to be the mother clone stuff I yeah. was like Okay, yeah, well yeah. played. Well played. Makes yeah. sense yeah. structurally, uh, emotionally for all the characters. And like 
so many movies who try to do this either play their hand too soon mm-hmm. or or they or they just biff the ending entirely. Yeah. And yeah. this felt it's funny, for all of the we we're talking about like the rough edges first time, filmmaker, mm-hmm. etc. The the, yeah. the emotional beats, but also the actual structure story beats, all really felt sm- like a real yeah. smooth ride. Yeah. yeah, because it's because it's kind of like it's kind of reminds me of like the magical realism, like because the 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 family mm. drama is the story. Yeah, mm. this is just like the frosting. Yep. Yeah, yeah. on that cake. Yeah, and what I think the thing that lends it, that the believability of the that the the cloning mm. thing is because like they set up this thing that he is such a complete total mama's boy yeah. and has been so pampered and like that that like yeah you're as much of a narcissist that you would do something like this uh-huh. yeah and, and just not like, and not even think that you know like anything's weird about it right yeah. like 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 the scene when she comes in and and Rhea is tied up and he's just like, oh, mom. Yeah. yeah it's just like, I, I just found that really perfect yeah. as well. You know, like, yeah. And all the little sequences of like her like wiping the, oh. the child off. And then yeah. like when they're watching the movie together, she's like laying on it. And it's like, and it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to think this is dirty because it's mm. like parents are allowed to be like close sure. with their children. But then yeah. you're just kind of like, but I know, but I know my genre yeah. films. Yeah, yeah. And this is bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely not cool. Yeah. Um, no, but you know, I think coming to that, coming back to that point, this is a movie. Despite, like, again, I, I sort of, I, I hate bringing them up, and in fact, I, I will stop bringing them up now because, like, <laughs> the rough, there are rough edges to this. There are, you know, like things that don't quite land or don't quite work. But at the same time, I just think this movie would mm-hmm. absolutely kill. Uh, it, you know, like in a theater, and, and you know, like we all we, we've all gone to see Bo's Afraid. Bo's Afraid is still playing right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's a different distributor. A twenty four. Really? Yeah, it's still playing. Um, uh, that's Ari. I yeah. mean, that's the director's yeah. name. Yeah, you know, the Ari Asta has kind of more cachet in this. I, I know Riz Ahmed um, uh, did a like a buyout for this and like promoted it on Twitter and stuff. You know, to like actually get people to go and see this movie. I wish there was a little bit more of like a groundswell word of mouth to this movie as well, because again. Like, uh, <laughs> all I'm really like, like I haven't tweeted, uh, 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 texted my wife's cousins like since 2015 <laughs> or something. But last night I was like on WhatsApp and there was like a group from like years ago. And I was just like, Hey, just wanted all of you guys to know I was thinking about you when I saw this movie. I think you would enjoy it. And you know, like it was like the first, Shivali would have such a good time at the movies at this. I, and like, you know, whether she thought it was the greatest movie or not, which she does think about being like pick him, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't matter. There's like there's so few movies mm-hmm. that serve her. Yeah. yeah. Like like that again, surgically serve her. Yeah. yeah. That like when it comes around, you know, we should do everything in our power to get her into that movie theater with her friends for a night out. You know, like that that's kind of where I'm at with this. You know, like it just need it needs to happen. And I think it's interesting that we feel like for an indie movie, for a first-time director, that we feel we have to like sell it despite having having like natural organic flaws. When like literally every superhero movie was like, yeah. it's fine. The last, act, the third act is complete shit. Yeah, yeah. There's no stakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? love, love but th- it looks great, so you know, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love and Thunder's like fine. Like none of the jokes land, and it's not funny for a comedy, and it's not good for an action movie. And it, yeah. you know, this, yeah. But like, well, no, it's but fine. it's Thor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Chris Hemsworth is great. Like, yeah. yeah, you're a thousand percent right, Princess. Yeah. Like that, we we are we are dancing. Dancing around uh, yeah. the idea that uh, because this film is not somehow perfect, yeah. that we like we have to be like, well, you know, 
criticism. It's yeah. like that's not exactly where we're at here. Yeah, yeah. Like every one of these movies has similar if not worse flaws than this yeah. And, yeah. Uh, if you saw Super Mario Brothers <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you're not too good for polite society, society. I think, like, and the thing is polite society I, I, of everything that we've seen in the last few weeks I also had a genuinely good time yeah. if you would enjoy this you would enjoy this if you saw Super Mario Brothers it's got yeah. fun action yeah. fun, like the, the fight scene alone like in school yeah. would like kill for a teens yeah. teens would love this it's a PG-13 movie and, yeah. like and there's no reason kids wouldn't enjoy this and the actors are so charming to watch like uh, Priya Kansara and Rita Iroh just like yeah. you just like you love them I've you know? loved I've loved uh, Rita since uh, Umbrella Academy oh she yes. was Umbrella Academy I knew I recognized that she, face I I, uh, that uh, c- character crush on that show, like yeah. holy shit! And then she—it's funny because like I'm so glad to see her in this too because she is a very different character in this than she yeah. is in Umbrella Academy. And I was yeah. like, so like this gives me hope that I get to see a lot more of her work across varied She's uh, in the Barbie movie. genres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I so, know uh, the next great piece. Uh, listen, yeah. double feature, baby. We're, I'm Barbie doing and Oppenheimer. It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do want to. I think I want to finish with Barbie because I think I'm going to like that way more than I'm going like to like Oppenheimer. <laughs> Anyway, final thoughts on Blade Society. I think I've, I've said it already. Uh, get let's 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 make it happen for Shivali. Yeah, let's yeah. make it and 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 even beyond that, let's make it. This feels like it could be sort of a culty type thing. Even beyond the thing, yeah. like this is a movie I want to feel like mm-hmm. people own the. I know I'm a huge proponent. We've talked you about know, this before. Yeah. Physical yeah. media, yada yada yada. But like this feels like an owner. Like yeah. I yeah. like I would like to have this so yeah. I could like it feels like something that I would want to be able yeah. to share with people, and yeah. that's the best way for me to do it. But I'm literally gonna see it again with a friend who wanted to check it out so if see it once see it twice twice, yeah yeah enjoy yourselves hell yeah everybody this has been the only podcast about polite society i hope that is false uh princess thank you so much for coming thank you so much for having me and for getting me coffee because if i had to get out of bed at seven o'clock in the morning well worth it uh hey Coffee's there. Uh, when 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 you are not gracing us with your presence and imbibing all of the caffeine, where can folks find you? Oops, sorry, I hit you for thought. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, Fist of Fury. Um, I am the I am the Fury. Uh, you are the Fury. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Weeks Princess on YouTube as Princess Weeks, uh, putting out new videos. I just recently did a video about Anakin Skywalker yeah, yeah. and that the Jedi kind of sucks. So. Yeah. <laughs> feel bad for you boy and uh, uh <laughs> yeah just doing my thing over there that's usually where people can find me all right shahir when you are not uh kicking down the doors of the amc uh shaking the cold your wife. to let let your wife go see this movie where can folks find you you can find me in my heels and sequin jacket at my website <laughs> www.shahirdaud.com it's s-h-a-h-i-r-d-a-u-d.com matt when you are taking me to Streets of Fire, which is the present you bought me on my birthday. Uh-huh. Thank you very much. Yep. Uh, where can people find you? You can find me making heartbreak feel good in a place like <laughs> that over at my website, <laughs> M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com, my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, PREs on Instagram or PSN, and uh, Emperor MSK on Twitter. I have not consolidated my social standings. Uh, next week, there'll be a movie. Uh, oh, is it Guardians? Uh, I mean, is it? does it have... Could, dot, we, be, dot, dot. could we be bold? Can heartbreak feel really? Could heartbreak so, really so feel good in place if we the, didn't do here's it? Here's the truth: I am seeing Guardians Sunday. Of course you are, and I, I do feel like. Mm-hmm. So, okay, okay. Mm. 
I think I would like to guardians. Of guardians, course, do guardians I, look, I, look, I, I think I'm 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 okay with that because <laughs> yeah. because I think at least for me personally, it's the last of the Marvel properties that I'm truly like invested invested in. in. And I don't know if it is, but it feels like an ending. And I love a fucking ending. And I just want, like, if this was, what's the next one down the line? Uh, Although the Marvels looks good, but I, 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 I don't know. I just... This feels like it's okay I, to say that Marvel movies are boring. You be brave. Be bold. They, they've got they've gotten it's really boring. boring, and this one feels like it's not going to be. Uh, I could be wrong, but you'll, nine out of ten, you'll probably die over a raccoon. Cry <laughs> over a raccoon. Listen, you're. They know my number. I mean, this is that is my that's my Bradley, Bradley Cooper's really got. It. Yeah. He knows what he knows what he's doing. Uh, I want to say as well, please write us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Yes. One thing is we have got a couple of emails, including a response to our birthday movies question, which was Ooh. like, what is a movie that uh, likely Matt and I have not seen that we could do on the podcast? We definitely have a response to that as well as another response to Bo's Afraid, which we haven't read out because we've had guests over the last couple of weeks and we've been wanting to talk to those guests. So I apologize for that. We do love it when you email us in. So please continue to do so at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at OnlyMoviePod. We have an Instagram page. We don't look at it that much. To I, be honest I with make you. good graphics on you do. it. You well, are, I make adequate you bad make, Photoshop. He make pretty. I yeah. make pretty on Instagram.org. <laughs> oh, I forgot one thing I, that I should probably plug, kind of. So I'm going to be in a documentary that's uh, premiering at Tribeca called Chasing Chasing Amy. Oh, yeah. about, about Chasing Amy. Yeah, so this I, is a formative film for me. So, what I, did you have? Can, can you give us a story? Yeah, um, uh, the directors have an uh, amazing person, mm. huge fan of Chasing Amy. Mm. They are a trans mass uh, director, mm. and they wanted to basically do a retrospective on the film because it's always had sort of like a, a mm. discourse in the queer community. Yeah. I'm bisexual. Mm. I love Chasing Amy. I think Alyssa Reeds is a very bi character. Yeah. And I was one of the people interviewed for the film years ago. Yeah. Oh, like wow. Pre-pandemic. And like I've been following it s- since it was being produced. And Sav is an amazing person. And it's making its debut at Tribeca. So... How does that film... I like... Because that was a formative film for me. Mm-hmm. Um... I have not watched it in probably 10 to 15, maybe 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very curious how it holds up. I, having recently watched it uh, probably about five-ish years ago, yeah. I really love it. I'm, yeah. I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. Like yeah. Dogma was a little Dogma. Too, Dogma yeah. really got me. I, I was like, I, was like, I, was like uh, I went to Catholic school as a kid. So I was sitting here like, yeah, he's, got a, yeah, yeah. he's got it. He's got it. And like, I literally, like the other day, I literally thought to myself, I saw like, try to suck anything on the way to the pork. Yeah. Yeah, I, I said that quote to somebody a week ago who had just watched Clerks and they didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah, I like, I like love 37. 37. <laughs> hey, you come back here. <laughs> Lower your voice. I just, I, I love his work and I think it's really interesting looking at like a lot of how he writes female characters mm. is actually sometimes pretty much more, a lot more nuanced than you would think considering mm, yeah. how Jay and Silent Bob have been absorbed in the public culture. And I think mm. Chasing Amy is like a really interesting film to watch. Um, as we've gone beyond just the binary of lesbian and gay, yeah, and really talked about like you know bi, pan, all that kind of stuff. So I think it really it's a great thing to be a part of. Yeah, and it was cool to talk about it. And it's going to be deb- debuting at Tribeca, and by the time this comes out, the tickets will be available to anyone who wants to see it. So, Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Uh, yeah, that's it. I forgot to just say <laughs> nice. that. That's nice. great. That's a that's a good ender. Should we do Chasing Amy on the podcast as a retrospective at some point? Should we? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't watched Chasing Amy. 
<laughs> I, uh, God, yeah, probably the same amount, 15, 15 ish years. Because only I'm if we do it with mall rats. Fuck. <laughs> like I have, I have mall rats on 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 Blu-ray. So already, yeah. hell yeah, yeah. mall rat between mall rats and mall rats and Dogma are my two favorite Kevin Smith movies. And I, I think don't know it's mall rats and Chasing Amy. I wasn't as much of a fan of Dogma, but you know, I, I just love taking the piss out of yeah. all of Royal all of what Dogma is doing. Yeah, I love, yeah. I love. Uh, <laughs> it, mass genocide is the most exhausting exercise one can engage in, next to soccer. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. what the fuck, <laughs> angels? I know we're I know we're getting long into it, but there's a great clip where uh, Kevin Smith joins the protesters for Dogma and gets interviewed on television, like talking about how disgusting the film is so at, a, at a movie theater in New Jersey. You should go look that up because uh, Kevin Smith is basically like, yeah, I don't know if anyone should watch this movie. That's, and hilarious. Like, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Perfect anti-troll. <laughs> All right, everybody, we will talk at your ears next week. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.